All right, so life is full of pressure. There's a lot of pressure in this world. And, you know, this week I had all the normal pressures in my life, like getting my work done on time, getting my kids to all of their activities. And then Wednesday, I added to that pressure. See, we were out in Waterville having a good time. My in-laws were coming into town. My son had a baseball game. And so I had to leave early with my son to get him to his baseball game. And when I got home, do you know what I realized? I had stranded my family in Waterville. Suddenly I had the pressure of figuring out how I was going to get my son to baseball, my family home, and did I mention the fact that I am a coach? Yeah, pressure. It comes on sometimes normally, Sometimes we add it to ourselves. Sometimes rather extraneous things come along and they add pressure to our lives. So I want to ask you, what pressure did you face this week? Was it normal pressure or was it added pressure? Was it something in addition to what you normally face? What sorts of pressure did you face this week? Was it job-related? Was it family-related? There are all sorts of pressure, things that put pressure on us. And we are in a series about less pressure and more Jesus. We're studying a book, actually a letter, written to a church, a group of new Christians in the city of Colossae, which was kind of a small city about four days' walk from Ephesus, which was kind of the cultural center of the region. It was situated on the place where two rivers came together. Are you catching this? Sort of sounds familiar. A little bit far from a regional center on the banks of rivers coming. Okay, all right. Uh, We're in Mankato. For those of you online, maybe watching from somewhere else, we actually have two rivers that come together that form the Minnesota River. Yes, okay, all right. So, It's written to a church much like us. We're a brand new church. And uh, in it, you know, he's speaking, Paul is speaking to this this group of people that's sort of insignificant. Not that we're insignificant. But he's speaking to this small community, this new community of believers. And you know, what's interesting is that we still have yet today to excavate the place where Colossae was. It's that unimportant to us today. So we don't know a lot about this church except what's written in some letters and a few documents, other ancient documents that we have. But what's interesting is that Paul still chose to write this letter to them. And it's the letter that we still have today. Even though there are other letters written to other churches around that region during that time, this is the letter that we still have today that has been preserved for us today to learn from. And it's all about Jesus and how the Colossians were facing these pressures to abandon who Jesus was. And it's an encouragement to this new church to grow, to grow in their understanding of who Jesus was and to grow in their maturity in following Jesus. In the first week, we talked about this image of a spiral, that we would grow in our understanding of who God is, 
that we would then live that out and that would spiral us back into understanding more about who Jesus was and it would continue this spiral up towards God. We would grow in understanding, live it out, and grow in understanding. And to understand God, we look no further than the person of Jesus. And that's what Sandy talked about last week. He is the invisible made visible. We can actually see Jesus. And it talked about how Jesus is supreme. He is the creator of all things. He holds all things together. And so even though our actions sometimes alienate us from God, maybe we say, you know, I don't know, I haven't been living right, I don't want God to see this. We sort of push God away. Even though we've been alienated from God, Sandy talked about last week how we are, Christ has come to reconcile with us, to make things right, to be in a good relationship with us. So this week, as we enter into the passage in Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 24, it'll be up on the screen or online, uh, or if you want to, you can open up your old-fashioned Bible or your new-fashioned Bible. We, some people call it a phone. Um, you can join us. He says, Paul, the writer, says, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. So the first question I have is, why is Paul able to rejoice in suffering? This is sort of a strange thing to our ears. And why does he even need to say this? Well, what's happening here is that the truth of Jesus that Sandy preached on last week, and man, she did a great job. The truth of Jesus is transforming his own experience so that he actually is rejoicing in his suffering. And he rejoices because he's in, his imprisonment is a direct result of the fact that he's been proclaiming, telling people, teaching people that Jesus is Lord. And the prevailing culture was saying that Caesar was Lord, which means that Paul was committing treason. When he said Jesus is Lord, he was committing treason. And the local officials were catching on to this and saying, wait, we don't want this guy to tell other people that somebody else is Lord? So he's rejoicing because they're seeing him as a threat. They're seeing Jesus as a threat to Caesar. So he's rejoicing that this thing that he's proclaiming is actually coming true, and the officials are trying to stop it. What he's doing is taking root and starting to spread, and the officials are worried about it. And for the Colossians... They're facing pressure to declare Caesar as Lord. And Paul's worried that they may see Paul's imprisonment as a sign of defeat. Maybe the gospel isn't going forward because Paul's in prison. If Paul's in prison, maybe we'll be in prison. But Paul's saying, no, I rejoice in this because it means that this is taking root and the gospel is moving forward Even Caesar is threatened by this. So he continues on. I have become its servant. That's the gospel. This message of God's love, Christ's love, that Sandy talked about last week. I have become its servant by the commission that God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but but is now disclosed to the Lord's people 
To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So let's talk about this mystery thing that he's talking about. First of all, this is not sort of the, word, the English word that we think about. We think about sort of maybe paradox or puzzling when we think about mystery. That's not what we're talking about. Instead, what we want to think about is a secret plan. Mystery equals secret plan. So when you read mystery, think secret plan. And here's why. Jewish thought leaders during that time thought about the end times and expressed hope in the end times, in the end of the age when this world ends. They expressed their hope in terms of this secret plan that God would reveal in the last days. See that reveal, mystery that God would reveal his secret plan in the end. So they were thinking about it in terms of a mystery. So when we think about that mystery, we want to think about God's plan. So this is God's plan. And this, the, the plan is really simple. It's not, a, it's not a sort of set of events or a timeline of things that are going to happen. It's a person. The secret plan is the person of Jesus Christ. So that's been revealed for the first time. They didn't know that. They didn't know it was going to be Jesus. And Paul has been commissioned to share this good news that it is the person of Jesus who brings hope and healing and goodness that the Jews had been longing for at the end of time. We also learn that this is actually not just for the Jews, which is what they thought. This was just, they thought this is the God of Israel. This is for the Jews only. And Paul's saying, no, this is actually for all nations. This is for Gentiles too. So like Paul, we too have been commissioned to share the word of God in its fullness to all of God's people. And the NIV that we have up here uh, doesn't really do this Gentile thing um, justice, so I put another translation on there. God's intention was to make known to them, the people, just what rich glory this mystery, secret plan, contains out there among the nations. And this is the key, the king, Jesus, living within you as the hope of glory. So God's plan is that through Christ, we will join him in sharing the good news of reconciliation and thereby creating a new multi-ethnic community, all nations coming together, worshiping God. And that's part of our vision here at Crossview Rosa Parks, that we would represent our community. We would be a multi-ethnic community. Now, if you're in the room, those of you online can't see this, we have some work to do to become a more multi-ethnic community. But we represent a part of what God has created, and that is good. And we won't complain about that. It's a good thing. But the key to this whole thing is Jesus Christ is the mystery that we've been looking for, the plan that we've been looking for. He is Lord of over all things, and he is living within those of us who follow Jesus. So he goes on in verse 28 to say, He, Christ, is the one that we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend, labor with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you, for those at Laodicea, that's a community about 15 miles up the road, a little bit bigger, and for all those 
who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this, so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For, for though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. So what strikes me in this is Paul's labor. He's contending. He talks about it twice, how hard he's willing to labor, struggle, contend is the word that he uses here. And I'm particularly struck by this because, as it notes in here, these are people that Paul probably in many cases, most of them he has never met. These are people that he doesn't know. So it makes me wonder, how hard am I willing to work for people that I have no idea who they are? How hard are you willing to work for people that you have no idea who they are? But he is willing to proclaim, admonish, and teach, he says, despite the fact that this thing that he's doing has put him in prison. And we're not talking about a comfortable prison, you know, that we live in, you know, today. Not that our prisons are overly comfortable. He's willing to do this and suffer, it says. He's willing to do this because to him it's worth it. Why? Because he's longing for them to be encouraged. He wants this church and the people that he's never met to be encouraged. He wants them to be united in love to care about one another and to come to complete understanding of who God is and his love for all people. And he's saying this is the way to maturity in Christ. Paul presents this idea that in Jesus, all treasure, all wisdom and knowledge is in Jesus, the person of Jesus. And I want you to think of it like a treasure map. Jesus is a treasure map. And we can even think about the stories, all those adventure stories, right? X marks the spot. And we're on an adventure in life. And Jesus is the map that we need to find the buried treasure. And when you find the buried treasure, all the wisdom and knowledge, you are rich beyond your wildest dreams, right? Right? This is what Paul is talking about in this passage. When you find Jesus, the map, you find all wisdom and understanding and you are rich beyond your wildest dreams. But he also warns them, there are some counterfeits out there. You need to watch out. And we're going to talk a lot more about that next week. Um, But for this week, it's enough to know there are some counterfeit maps out there. There are a lot of promises out there that will tell you, hey, you can get this or that. Doctors and personal trainers and self-help books. And you can name all those things. We'll talk more about that next week. There are some counterfeits out there that we need to watch out for. But this week, what I want to focus in on, what I want us to think about is to look to Jesus and to know that you are worth it. 
that God loves you so much that Paul was willing, Jesus was willing to come down to earth and experience our world, our brokenness. He was willing to go to the cross for us. Paul was willing to go to prison for us. And I want you to know that you are worth those things. I can't stop thinking about that this week, how much Paul was willing to suffer for these people that he had never met. He and his people like Epaphras, who started the church. Tychicus, who was personally delivering the letter. And this is a seemingly insignificant group of people. Not the cultural, regional center of the world. It's a city on the banks of two rivers where they come together. Because Paul has experienced the love of Jesus himself. He's willing to do this because he's experienced it for his own personal self. He's found the treasure map, Jesus, and he's experienced the treasure himself. And so I want you to experience that as well. I want you to know that you are worth, you know, this, what we do here every week. There's a group of people that gets up early in the morning every week to set this place up every week. There's people that are giving. Crossview Covenant over at Howard Drive in North Mankato has given money and they've given us permission to take as many people with us to help make this church a reality. Why? Because you are worth it. Because Jesus is the treasure and he's the map. And when we experience those things, we experience boundless joy. We experience all knowledge and wisdom. It's why Sandy and I were willing to move down here. Because we long for people, some of whom we've never even met, to know the love that God has for them. And what I want for you, and for you online, is the same thing that Paul wanted. I want you to experience the love of Christ. I want you to know that you are worth it. You're worth whatever it takes for you to hear that God loves you. I'll set this thing up every week for a hundred years. I probably won't be around for a hundred years, but we as a church hopefully will be around here for a hundred years. And we'll continue to set this place up because we want people to hear about Jesus and his love for them. And I want to present you fully mature in Jesus. In short, I want you to connect with Jesus. It's our mission here at Crossview. We want to connect you to Jesus. So I want you to get to know the map. Get to know Jesus. Read the map regularly. We have a Bible that introduces us to who Jesus is. It reveals the person of Jesus to us. If you don't like to read, that's okay. We have audio Bibles. You can listen. I want to encourage you to get into the Bible. If you don't have a plan, you can join us right now. We are, as a church, reading the book of Colossians. You can read a couple of chapters. We're in chapters 1 and a little bit into chapter 2 today. You can read the whole of those. You can read the whole book. It only takes about 10 or 15 minutes, depending on how long you read. It's only four chapters long. Uh, you can join us in reading it every day and see what you learn about who Jesus is. See what you discover about the treasure and what you discover about the map.
Jesus. I want to invite you to pray. Talk to God. Talk to Jesus. You can talk to him about anything. There's no formula to prayer. Talk to him about your job, all the pressures you're facing. Maybe you're trying to get your kids off to all their activities. Maybe you left your family in Waterville. I don't know. You can talk to Jesus about those things. I want to encourage you to keep coming to church because there's other people here that want to encourage you to get to know the map, to learn all the treasures, the wisdom that there is. You can even listen to worship music. We have a playlist for the songs that we sing here on Sunday morning. If you don't know, like some of the songs that we sing in other languages, we have a playlist on Spotify and on YouTube. You can click on that on our digital bulletin. You can listen to those and you can start to learn some of those uh, and sing along. But just there's all the songs that we sing on Sunday morning are there. But any worship music can help direct you to thinking about Jesus. And then I want to encourage you to join Paul, to join our church, to join Jesus in suffering, in setting up, and doing whatever it takes to helping people connect with Jesus. You have friends, you have relatives, acquaintances, neighbors, coworkers, and probably some people that you've never met that don't know how much God loves them. And we want to invite them to come and to hear about Jesus and how much he loves them. Because God loves us so much that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still running away from God, Christ ran towards us, came into this world. He died so that we don't have to, rose again showing that he overcame death. And that's why Paul was willing to go to prison. Because of Jesus, Paul, who doesn't know us, was willing to suffer for us, the Colossians, and for us today, so that we could learn about how much God loves us. So we could learn about God's plan to reconcile us with him. In our church, we're going to join Jesus and Paul. We're going to be willing to do whatever it takes so that some people might hear that they are loved that God loves them. And if you already know Jesus, I hope you will join our church in doing whatever it takes to help people hear that message. Let's pray. God, thank you for the message of your love for us. So many of us need to hear that message. We don't know how much you love us. And there were people thousands of years ago that were willing to go to prison so that people could hear about that message, so that we today could hear about that message. And as a church, Lord, help us to never grow tired of the work that it takes to set this place up every week, to get people ready to hear about you and to hear about how much you love them. Let us never grow weary in doing that. And would you help us today to hear from you how much you love us. Help us to connect with you the map to all wisdom and knowledge, all fulfillment in our lives, abounding treasure. Amen.